What is up, folks? I did not mean to confuse you if you looked at the podcast artwork of this episode and you looked at the name and you looked at the face and you looked at the channel that you were subscribed to and you're like, what in the world is going on? And so I have a bunch of notes that I want to share and basically give you an audio update. This is also for the YouTube channel simultaneously because depending on when you're listening to this, you might be a bit confused if the transition has not happened yet. You might be wondering where did the Emulsion podcast go? What's happening? I'm here to answer all of those questions and assure you that not much is actually changing and to basically share with you what's been in the works behind the scenes in service of helping you along your journey. That's what all of this has always been about. And so let's start at the top with the exciting news. I'm launching a company. It's a new company, kind of new, kind of a conglomeration of everything else, and it's called Repertoire. And it's the most fired up about a project that I've been in such a long time. And with everything that's kind of happened with COVID affecting Voyager's Table as a business and how I've kind of navigated being a content creator, this is the natural next step. I'm going to be building it in public. And so let's get vulnerable and talk about it. So I hit effectively a brick wall when I started running my own business. And I knew, I knew, I knew this. I knew that being a technical expert, aka being a great cook, and being an entrepreneur were two different things. I knew that there was a difference. I knew there was a discrepancy. I knew there was a gap. But man, was I off on what that gap was and, and, and the delta between what I could do in a professional kitchen and any semblance of success in business. They were completely different mountain peaks. And I had to go into this valley, which is kind of what I'm kind of experiencing right now, to ultimately discover how far away those two were from one another. Because when I moved here in 2017, I started my pop-up series called Ready. I launched the Emulsion Podcast. I started my self-titled YouTube channel. I started TPC episodes. The 8020 Edge back then, the newsletter, was just called Justin's List. It was all over the place. And quite frankly, it still is all over the place. And the issue was the feedback on all of those projects that I was getting was positive across the board. And that might sound counterintuitive, but in every single one of those projects, I was either growing my audience I was either growing my income, like I was starting to make more than I had ever made before, or I was gaining skills. Like I was genuinely learning how to sell. I was learning how to talk to clients. I was learning how to video edit. I was learning how to upload on different platforms and do vertical video and, and all those skills I was learning. But simultaneously, none of those individual products, projects on their own was providing all three. So it couldn't grow my audience and make money and gain my skills. And the unfortunate part is I'm not really the type of person to continue pursuing a project if it's not working. Call that a benefit, call that a curse of being so progress focused. So one after another, things transformed or changed or got put on the back burner and then forgotten about. So Ready changed the pop-ups I was doing when I met my business partner. And then, then I eventually came on as a co-founder of Voyager's Table. And the solo episodes of the podcast kind of stopped when I realized that that wasn't exactly picking up as much steam as I would have wanted. And even the content of the YouTube channel has more or less changed over time or upload frequency has gone down or whatever. And as I discuss in my 2022 playbook episode, the difference between explore and exploit 
that's my theme for this year. And so you can't say that I didn't warn you that this was happening because this is what I've all I've been thinking about since like the tail end of 2021 as we've kind of like started been starting to see the reemergence of folks outside of, out, out of the pandemic. But in all honesty, none of these ventures on their own, any of these individual projects had enough stickiness for me to be like, yep, I want to make you know, the Emulsion podcast, it, the Emulsion maybe, the Emulsion is going to be the brand name that I want to make the sun and everything will orbit around the Emulsion. And the same thing with my name happened, right? Because of course, I love that all of you folks feel like you have a relationship with me. That's one of the coolest parts about being like a creator in this day and age. But I try to look ahead of like, who's three rungs on the ladder above me? And how are they experiencing things? How are they making decisions? How are they navigating? And I'm paying attention to what's happening to these creators who just push all of their chips into their name. And they build these audiences on the back of that person. And don't get me wrong, you can achieve astronomical success in a very expedited timeline with that method. But simultaneously, I'm looking at Casey Neistat. I'm looking at Ali Abdal. I'm looking at Peter McKinnon. And if they take even 10 days off, two weeks off, one month off from uploading, they have to publish an apology video to their audience or they spend the first two minutes of their next upload explaining why they've been gone. And they just end up getting these hate comments from people on their last videos of like, oh, remember when Casey used to upload? Like, and I look at that and I'm like, do I, do I want that? Or worse... They end up becoming like a caricature of themselves. And then on the back end, they have to hire like a 20 person team to manage their brand. Like that's what that's what Gary Vee has to do. And he loves it. So don't get me wrong. But but the, the difference between me and Gary Vee is that he has built incredible infrastructure and being able to like drive traffic to his main business. And that's kind of the difference in what I'm starting to like. Add. That's why I'm so interested in pulling up the hood on all of these creators and their businesses and how they operate and why I, why I like sharing things so transparently with you folks, because I want you to know the mistakes that I've made, what I'm noticing and how all of this is affecting my decision making. And the thing is, like, I played that out in my head. I was like, what if I had a 20 person team working for like Justin Khan of the brand? And I really went forward into dish of the day as a show and had weekly review videos on the channel. And I had this big staff of people to kind of like work with me to, to make this content possible. And if I'm being honest, like that sounds exhausting. <laughs> like if my, because then you ultimately get so leveraged when the goal for me should basically just be to walk on set and be the personality that holds the knife in, the, in my hand and I'm cutting. And sure, that's cool. And, you know, obviously there's there's all the ingredients are there for me to make that possible. It just it just sounds so exhausting to me. And, and, and it, the, the type of success or the the route that you take to get your goal achieved is just as important as like the goal itself in my mind. And so that all things that are running as scripts in the back of my head and influences that I'm trying to take into account as I'm making these decisions again. And this is mixing with other things, right? So I shared that I really love Tim Ferriss's article that he wrote about not wanting to become famous. And simultaneously, I'm reading David Perel when he writes about niche fame, this concept where you can now, because of the age of the internet and leverage and all these sorts of things, you can be financially successful and incredibly loved in a small niche on the internet. 
but you can also be able to walk through Times Square and no one stops you to ask for a picture. Naval has this quote, is that like, would you rather be rich and anonymous or everybody knows you and you're poor? And everybody that has achieved that, who has done things better than I have, says they'd rather be rich and anonymous. And I think there's something really telling in that. And again, I'm not going to ever be claim to want to be anonymous or anything like that. I love building an audience. But there's a difference, I think, between me having 10 million subscribers and me having 100,000 subscribers that I truly just get to like jam out with on a weekly basis and produce awesome stuff for them. And I'm be, if I'm being honest, like that's that's what makes me happy too when I think about these things. And I I've also really tried to do a lot of work and, and writing and and thinking and discussions with mentors and people close to me about happiness. As I think about what's been a highlight over the past five years of creating content, it's helping you folks get jobs. It's helping you create a new dish. It's it's helping you launch your business. It's helping you overcome an obstacle. It's helping you change your beliefs about things. That's what makes me happy. And the si- fulfilled maybe is a better word to use. And the size of my audience is really only in service of that. So having 28,000, almost 30,000 YouTube subscribers is only useful to me because it gives me a larger pool of people to offer to help. And that that pool, there's a percentage of people that might take me up on that. And so the bigger the pool, the better the chances that there's going to be a larger group of people that will actually say yes to me offering help to them. And, you know, after creating the first product that I've ever made for you folks, which is the Demi Skills course, and doing two successful cohorts of that, it's pivoted my thinking immensely. Because again, up until that point, there has been nothing that I've sold anybody, no, no one. Like some stuff on like support me on Patreon. Maybe you buy a spoon from Spoon Drop for 20 bucks. Like there's there's no mastermind. There's no like uh, click funnel any like nothing, nothing. This is the first product that I ever made and sold. There's never been any merch, nothing. But after doing it, I, I and participating in it actively I started to realize like, oh shit, like there's something here. Like I actually like this. And again, I've been doing everything that the internet marketers and the and the social media gurus tell you, right? Host a podcast, start a newsletter, post on Instagram. But again, it's only valuable advice for a business owner that has a product that customers want to buy. I was growing this audience and growing this audience and like wondering why I wasn't making any money. And then of course, like, then I have to take sponsored things. Like, do I want that to be the only revenue stream that I have? All these questions go through my head. But, and and when that's the case, like, it's cute to say that. It's cute to say, like, I don't want to sell you folks on anything, or I have nothing to sell you. But in reality, like, that meant, the other side of that coin meant that I had to pay my bills somehow. And so the content never got my focus 100% because there was no monetization baked in. Since, and, and, and since I was too proud and too unskilled to ever create anything worth selling back in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, I was just constantly starting new things and just spinning my wheels in place to, to, to have the illusion of busyness or progress or just to get enough gigs to, to, to pay my bills. Okay. So enough roasting, Justin, what is this repertoire thing? So the Demi skills as a concept started because I wanted to create what I saw to be the completely obvious other half of skills that they don't teach you in culinary school. 
That's what demi is French word for half. But after talking, taking students through the course, it's become increasingly obvious to me that folks that didn't go to culinary school still need to learn those core skills, right? So either they're going to learn it along the way or I can be the one to teach them. That's an interesting insight I had. I was like, huh, why, why wouldn't I teach some of those skills? And the folks who did go to culinary school still might know, not know how to use those skills to their fullest potential because they just got rammed through some like three-month culinary school program that they overpaid for. And so I ended up talking about these core skills anyways. And then I started to think, I did a lot of writing on this. I was like, okay, Justin, you love teaching. You love the industry. What would it look like if you did create a culinary school? And then I pushed it further. I was like, what? Okay, so what if what if that maxes out? Like, what, what's, a, what's a larger version of a culinary school? Could it be a hospitality school? Because you talk to psalms and you talk to bartenders and you talk to knife makers or you can hire and teach people how to teach like I do because it clearly is resonating with my sector of the of the of the industry what would that look like like these skills still apply to them too why could i not teach station organization to a bartender how could i not teach how to talk about food to a psalm that's really interesting right so i pulled this book down from my shelf and this is where the the, the name effectively comes from the folks that are on video will be able to see this and you might have seen known this already i'll show you the spine just so that when i do that uh visual you'll kind of get a sense of what it is it's one of my favorite books in the industry the folks that are audio only you'll just have to look this up on your phone as i'm speaking about it this is the deluxe version the deluxe edition of louis saulnier's le repertoire de la cuisine and it's a book from 1914, I think is when it was originally published. And what's incredible about this book is that it's it's thin for what it is, because this is 250 pages, and it has allegedly over 6,000 recipes in this book. And the reason that's possible is because it's understood that you have a well-developed repertoire. You don't have to include a diagram in this book about how to slice an onion or dice an onion. You don't need to share that you need to preheat your frying oil to th over 350 degrees Fahrenheit to cook tempura. It's literally got tabbed pages, as I showed, and you can just flip to potatoes. You can scan down to the word dauphinoise, and all you need to be reminded is what's in that dish, and literally that's what it says. So we'll say dauphinoise a hyphen, and then it says, cut in raw slices, cook in oven with milk and grated Gruyere cheese. Boom. That's all you need to know because you're so skilled and so experienced that all you need to be reminded is what's in it and how to make it. One line effectively gets the job done for you. And for those of you that are relatively experienced, maybe you can empathize with this because if you cook for your family often, or maybe when you're making staff meal, people don't have to tell you what recipe you need to use to make fried chicken dinner. Right? They just say, like, I want, a, I want a mustardy coleslaw, I want seasoned fried chicken, and I want potato salad with fiends herbs kind of like di uh, sliced or ch chopped and kind of folded into it. And you're like, yep, I got it. That's, and, and, and if I'm being honest, like, that's where I want to get people to is so that they can use a book like this, but like the updated version. And speaking of the updated version, the line that I read in the introduction of this book that really kind of made me like almost I got like weirdly emotional when I read it and I was like, oh, this is a th this formed massive conviction in me. The author says in the intro, quote, 
Since this book is particularly for practitioners, it is in their mutual interest to keep the author and publishers informed of details of new creations or local recipes which have not so far been included so that every new edition of Le Repertoire may be even more comprehensive than the last. End quote. He's basically saying this is not finished. He's basically saying Patch the tor- pass the torch to the next generation. He's basically saying when things change, include them in here so that the practitioners who use this on the day-to-day basis can be high-functioning practitioners. And so that's what I'm building. So Repertoire is going to be a modern hospitality school that I want to, in the future, have a brick-and-mortar presence. I want it to be a kitchen studio where we can produce courses and classes and workshops and host events that ultimately help hospitality creators reach their goals. And right now, it's small. It's going to start here out of my home office in the same way that you're watching this now. But by bringing things like the podcast and the newsletter and certain content from my main YouTube channel over to Repertoire as a business, that allows me to consolidate. It allows more of that type of content to be produced. It allows me to focus and ultimately to hire, right? Like I don't want this to be something where it's constantly just about Justin being on camera. I want you to have a psalm that you trust to get your wine advice from. I want to have someone in coffee. I want to have someone in front of house. I want to have someone in co- like all the things. And the good thing for you, this is kind of the punchline, is that effectively nothing is changing. The content will stay nearly exactly the same. It's it's called the Repertoire Podcast right now, but I'm still going to be talking. You can take any of the interviews I've done, and they function exactly the same. That's what the forward-looking roadmap is as well. And and this just means more to look forward to. I, I say it all the time, but thank you. Like, honestly, thank you. The, none of this works without your patience and understanding and you asking questions and ask JK and leaving comments on videos and and sharing your wins with me over DM like those are the best days for me. And if I'm being truthful like that's that's what I want more of. I want more engaged interaction with you folks and I want to scale this thing that I'm noticing is working. And so Keep an eye out for the branding change. If you haven't seen it happen already, the names of things are going to change. A new website is launching, so joinrepertoire.com is the URL that I was able to secure. And I've just I'm I'm getting more amazing guests on the podcast. Like I want this. The tagline that I have in my head is like the repertoire podcast should be the number one hospitality creator podcast in the world. It just should be. Like, I should just over-index, deliver on value, have the best guests on that teach you the most amazing things and make you think about things differently. So if you folks have questions for me, I'm obviously all ears. Also, if you have people in mind, folks in your network that you think would be good contacts for professional potential positions at Repertoire in the future, I'm going to need writers, instructors, videographers, video editors, salespeople, graphic designers. I'm not explicitly saying that I'm hiring yet. That will come in future content. But like, send this episode to someone who wants to hear about something cool in hospitality that's happening and just have them email me. So justin at justincona.com and I will be reading every single email. I'll bookmark it. I'll save it in whatever way that I need to save it so that I can get in touch with that person when I am hiring for that position. And the last thing that I'll add for the for the folks that have listened this far, this is maybe one last heads up to clarify a question I can easily see coming up regarding the Demi Skills course, because that's kind of been a crucial crucial influence in this change. And again, I'm so glad that I didn't do like maybe this is another lesson. 
I didn't make a standalone marketing video for the Demi Skills course because I've had this in the back of my head of like, do you really want the Demi Skills course to like be your thing? Like, do you want the Demi Skills as a brand to be what you're associated with? And it's not because I don't like the name. It's just like, are you hamstringing yourself? Are you keeping it too, is it too focused? Is there a world where you could change things just slightly, do the same material, teach the same stuff, you still be the person that does it, but is the name correct? And I've constantly, if, if I'm being honest, like I, I haven't necessarily always had conviction around it. And I'm so glad that I didn't because now I'm able to change this and this, anyways, it's like get a minimum viable product out there, get market feedback, and then kind of like do the announcement. Like I'm doing this now functionally, like this is exactly what I'm doing in person. This is, you're watching it happen live. So that's what I kind of ran into a wall with was like, as I got more questions, as I realized that I could teach more skills in the course, I was like, wow, this is going to balloon. I barely made it a four week course. It could have easily been a three month course by the time I got all the things that I wanted to teach in it. And so just like the Emulsion Podcast, the Demi Skills name is retiring. So the Emulsion Podcast is going away. 8020 Edge is going away. The De the Demi Skills, I'm putting it all on the shelf. It's not to say I won't pull it out one day and use it for something in the future, but I'm building individual products that Repertoire will offer that kind of like, f are it's being adopted effectively. And so the message that I'm trying to share here is for the students that have taken the course, Kitchen Fluency will be its own standalone product. It's a, a self-paced series of videos. It teaches the exact same stuff. And in, in fact, because it's its own thing, it allows you to expand on that product. And you can add Kitchen Fluency to your purchase of the cohort-based course if you're lacking the professional kitchen experience that you want and you want those more beginner lessons. I want to give you that knowledge and I want to provide that to you, but maybe it doesn't have to be a part of the cohort. And then the middle three modules, and this is ma mainly for students who know what I'm talking about here, the middle three modules of the course will be reworked and packaged as a cohort-based course. It's still going to be done with other professionals, but it's going to be called Total Station Domination because that's going to be Task Workflow, Habit Formation, Behavior Change, Kitchen Station Confidence. All those will be the, the Total Station Domination cohort-based course. And then the team and project management course will also be broken out and expanded. And that will be something that you can also add into your purchase. If you're going to take the total station domination cohort based course, you can take, you can add on the team and project management module because that can also be self-paced. If you're starting to think about creating your own dishes or moving into a management position, or you're trying to think about leading staff, you need those skills. But if you're the type of person who is like just starting in culinary school, you don't need team and project management yet. And so why am I including it in the product? Like the product should be more niche, basically. And so Total Station Domination is going to work exactly like the Demi Skills does or has. And so once you enroll in TSD, you get lifetime access to future cohorts. None of that part is changing. And now that I have all these products in the back of my mind, I can bring them to life now because I have this umbrella that everything can function under versus me thinking everything has to be crammed into the Demi skills. And so my how to talk about food course, my idea organization course, my how to season course, they can all start developing. And this is what this unlock is giving me. 
Okay, so what's the punchline? Things are changing. Expect the changes. Be patient with me. Shoot me your very kindly written emails or DMs. And of course, if at any point things are missing or you start to see broken links or you have issues accessing my content, just be prepared for some amazing tools and resources to help reach your goals. Like that that's that's the whole point of this. The only mission that I have in this project is making more of what I get fulfillment out of and what helps you. That's the goal. And what what did I miss? Like if if things are broken send me send me send me a DM. If you have any issues accessing content, send me a DM and I will troubleshoot it on the back end. You're probably a hospitality creator if you're listening to this. And that's the specific type of person that I'm doing all of this for. And the reason that I'm I landed on hospitality creator is the definition that I that I've kind of made for it, which is I define a hospitality creator as anyone who has the desire to build, impact and profit in the hospitality sector. Maybe it's or profit. And that's what I'm creating this for. You're probably the type of person that's going to get value from this. And so just I'm thank you. I'm just I'm excited to do this and to create this and just brace for turbulence because it's it's going to happen. It's probably going to be like a month. I'm putting this out third week of March and March 31st is when I'm looking for everything to be fully transitioned over and to have everything live and bump in and just be available. And so Again, I appreciate you folks more than you know. Thank you so much for your attention and for listening and spending time with me today. My name is, of course, Justin Kana, and I hope you have a good one.